Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr., and today I am hopefully at home with my wife and either helping prepare for or helping get to know our new babies. This is an episode we have pre-recorded, and our guest today uh, was gracious enough to let me talk to her way ahead of time. It is Joanna Penn, a popular guest, and I think our most frequent guest. I think this is uh, breaking the record for most times on the show. It's you and Chris Fox are, are in the competition. <laughs> and Joanna is the author of Productivity for Authors. Find time to write, organize your author life, and decide what really matters. Uh, Joanna, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me back on the show, Thomas. And uh, yeah, I mean, deciding what really matters, that's why it's important we pre-record this so you can be with your family. So happy to be here. Yeah, just yesterday, I was um, working in the office and my daughter has just looked, she's able to stand and, and kind of toddle around and she's learned how to shoot her hand straight up when she wants uh, me to pick her up. And she was standing at the baby gate at the edge of my office. She was holding her hands straight up. And I'm like, it is really hard to work in these conditions. <laughs> She looks at me with those big blue eyes. Yeah, she looks at me with those big blue eyes. Like this email can wait. <laughs> oh, come hold my little baby. But um, yeah, why is uh, productivity uh, important for authors? <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, other other than you know, figure, making time for your kids. Are there any other reasons why it's important? Any other reason? <laughs> well, basically, I mean, I've really struggled with productivity for for a long time. I mean, I have been uh, writing since. 2006, so like 13 years as we uh, speak now. Uh, I've been publishing for over a decade. And I, you know, I've been so up and down, like I've achieved a lot of stuff, but I have always struggled with this idea of productivity. And then I've written this book because I th it finally clicked for me, <laughs> which is <laughs> what do you want to achieve? And productivity is actually achieving that thing. So I always kind of got confused thinking productivity was ticking off things from my to-do list. But so often my to-do list was around things I didn't necessarily want to achieve. So as writers, productivity is about writing. <laughs> but more than that, it's about finishing books. Because yes, you can be as creative as you like and write lots of stuff. But productivity is what will help you get those words into the world. And so that's what I really think about um, is kind of, you only have this finite time in your life. What do you want to achieve with that time? And what productive tasks are you going to do to achieve those goals rather than just running around like a headless chicken, ticking <laughs> things off your to-do list? So there you go. That's a lesson learned for me. <laughs> That's right. You can't do everything. And uh, here in the States, we had a series of commercials. We may have had them in the UK as well uh, from this beer brand called Dos Equis. And they had this most interesting man in the world. And he would have these little pithy sayings. And one of them, he's he's sitting there and he looks at the camera and it's like the most interesting man in the world on careers. And he looks at the camera and he says, find the one thing in the world you do not do well and then don't do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is really good advice because so often, like we want to do everything and we end up spending the most amount of time on the thing we don't do well because we don't do it well, right? Mm. Like you, you, you're doing six things and you're really good at the first five, let's say, and the sixth one you really struggle with because you struggle with it. It's going to take you more time to do that thing. And at the end, you won't have done as good of a job. 
Yeah, and I think this is this is really important for indie authors in the present uh, climate of um, indie, and not just indie for traditionally published authors too, because authors are expected to do marketing. Obviously, this is the novel marketing show, <laughs> and there are literally thousands of things you can do for book marketing. I mean, you can spend all your time doing book marketing, and of course marketing is super important. It's something we all have to do. But if you don't have a book, then, or you don't have another book or whatever, you know, so productivity is, is really considering what you want to achieve with your time and then doing that and kind of ruthlessly cutting out those other things. Um, you know, like you you will, like you said about that email and your daughter, it's like, yeah, to be fair, the email can wait, but my daughter is right there now. You know, she'll be asleep in a couple of hours. I'll do the email then. So that actually is productive in that you are spending your time on what you wanted to spend your time on then. And um, so th th this is why I think we need to consider this as, as busy people is really, did I get the best out of my time today? I'm going to take an audio clip of you saying that. And anytime somebody complains about me not emailing them back fast enough, I'm just going to play it. Be like, I was holding my daughter. <laughs> That'll work until she's a bit older. I was making priorities. That'll work for about two more years. And then I'll have to start doing with what, what is codenamed Baby 2 because we don't we don't know what it is here. We're waiting, we're waiting to find out. But um, so we, it, I agree. Productivity is, is important. And a lot of it is about saying no. Um, but what are other than not being able to say no, right? Not being able to cut down. What are some other things that keep authors from being productive? Well, obviously, the main thing everyone says is I don't have the time. And uh, obviously, we all have to make the time. So um, we can come back to that if necessary. So one is I don't have the time. The second one is I don't know what to do when I do have the time. And this is a problem very much for new writers. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I've, I sat down for three hours and nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you, there are processes you have to put in place so that you can use your time effectively to achieve your goal. Um, and then there are people who are like, yeah, I know that I have to do this thing. And I did sit down, but I ended up on Twitter or making some Pinterest images because that's really important. Or, <laughs> you know, I do or just ending up uh, playing, you know, going down a YouTube hole, which my husband does sometimes, you know, oh, this video is super important. Um, and, and then they're spending too much time on the other things around um, writing and publishing. So for example, I speak at a lot of conferences, you know, we've done an interview around public speaking. And one of the most common questions I get after I've spoken at a conference is so, uh, you know, I, I've got this question around publishing, you know, what, what if I did this and that and the other? And I'm like, whoa, hold up. Where, where are you in terms of your books? You know, I always like to know where people are on their journey. And so often they'll say, oh, oh, I haven't finished the first draft yet. I just need to know what I have to do with publishing. And I'm like, okay, you need to just stop. Your time right now should be spent on finishing that first draft. Until you finish the first draft, don't even worry about um, publishing or marketing or making money or, you know, with your writing, obviously. Um, so I think that this is about the, the kind of priority thing. And then I just want to take it one step further, which is when people say, I don't have the time to write or I do the wrong thing or whatever, sometimes there's an underlying reason. So, for example, it's not that you don't have the time. It's that you are afraid of what's going to happen if you do make the time or you're just avoiding 
having a finished book. This is why some people take years and years and years and years and years to write a book because they just, they cannot get past this fear of being being seen, being read, being judged, um, fear of failure. All those mindset issues that you have to face sometimes will come in to that productivity. So for me, I am so addicted to doing, like my husband says, I'm a verb. <laughs> I just do like all the time. And he's very much, he'll sit all day and won't do, but the one thing that he does do will impact things in a much bigger sense. And I'm like, but, but I just spent all day doing stuff and you've achieved more in five minutes. And it's because he thought a lot. <laughs> And then did one action. So this this is the important thing um, is really when you think, be honest, like we're not asking you in person right now, but what is stopping you, the listener, from being productive? Like, what is the reason? And then go deeper. Well, why do I feel like that? And why is that the reason? So th there can be some quite deep and meaningful things here. <laughs> That's right. Because productivity is kind of the outlay of where we are psychologically, right? Like if you're telling yourself, oh, I can't fa fail if I don't finish, or I won't release it until it's perfect, right? Those internal messages that you're giving yourself are going to sabotage you actually shipping anything, actually sharing what you write with the world, right? Because in, in some ways, it, it makes you feel comfortable. It's like, oh, well, it's not perfect yet. Like, I just need to do one more draft. And then then I'll, th then I'll think about sending it to an agent or then I'll think about uh, self-publishing it. Um, but, you know, back to what you're saying about getting distracted on YouTube. You know, it's kind of the difference between people who are thinking about being self-employed or thinking about being indie, an indie writer and people who already are, right? Because when you're thinking about it, you're like, ooh, I'm going to be my own boss. And then once you get there, you realize, ooh, I am my own employee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a terrible employee. I just goofed off for 30 minutes on YouTube. <laughs> and it's like, you wouldn't put up with that if that was your employee. But what do you do when that's you? And it's something... Uh, well, how do, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you stay disciplined to make sure that those two hours that you set aside for writing actually are spent in Scrivener in Microsoft Word and not somewhere else? Oh, well, okay. So this is a kind of making the most of your writing time. Um, so for me, the, there's a couple of things. First of all, I where I am talking to you right now, I, I never do first draft writing at this same place. Um, there's some, you know, the brain likes patterns, it recognizes things, it likes routines. And so I go to, you know, I've lived in this place now for a couple of years and and here I go to a particular desk in a in a cafe and um you know I, I I'm a morning writer so I'll go there in the morning I'll write my first draft there I get my black coffee I put my noise cancelling headphones on I have the Bose quiet comfort they are excellent um and I have my coffee I listen to rain and thunderstorms and I write and this is the, the kind of myth is that you must wait for um, the muse to arrive, but you don't. You just start writing, If even if that sentence is, you know, Joe walks to the park. Joe walks to the park. What does the park look like? You know, and then <laughs> you'll, you'll warm up into it. You know, you, you really will. But so that's one thing is, is, a, is a location that might be a library. It might just be another chair in your house, whatever it is. Um, it might be the car, like John Grisham famously wrote... Um, um, a time to kill on a yellow legal pad in his car um, during his uh, lunch times. Um, but yeah, so one play, one is the place, um, and then two is very much 
no multitasking, no um, other things. So yes, you could turn off the internet on your laptop or just go analog, just take an, a notebook or whatever, but you're always going to have your phone. There's always ways to access the internet. But it's- The internet was so much easier to escape back in the day when it was back only on your day. computer. And like, <laughs> I remember 10 years ago, you go to a coffee shop and there was no Wi-Fi and you really were away from the internet. And now it is like, it's on your wrist, it's in your ear, it's in your pocket. Yeah. So you do have to kind of commit to the process. But the the other thing I would say that's really important is timed writing. And this will be the thing that will stop you um, is that, you know, there's various methods, um, the Pomodoro technique, which I think is like 20 minutes, then five minutes rest or whatever. Um, I tend to do the length of a black coffee, <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, while it's still hot, I'll be drinking it. So I'll be like, and that's you know, maybe 40 minutes. So I'll, I will write for 40 minutes and then I will get up go to the toilet, get another coffee, basically. And then I'll sit down again and then I'll go again. And 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 I'll be at the cafe for a couple of hours. Um and I'm I'm a time block kind of writer. So I'm like I'm at the cafe between seven and nine AM. Um that's my writing block time. Um, other people like to do different blocks throughout the day. Um, you know, like with kids like yourself, um, it might be, okay, I can manage 20 minutes before little girl gets up um, or the baby cries or whatever. And then I can do another 20 minutes when they're having a nap or whatever. Um, so you can find those times whenever you like. But then the important thing is during that time block, all you do is write. You just go for it. And um, then you allow yourself, I think this is the tip, um, uh, allow yourself the 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 rest time or the five minutes of break, whether that's toilet break or coffee break or whatever break, to check whatever you need to check because you're addicted <laughs> to social media <laughs> or the news or whatever. But the the timing, so the timing can work in two ways. You can time your writing, but also time your break. So if you're going to have five minutes, set your timer for five minutes so you don't go down that rabbit hole. You don't end up scrolling on Instagram forever. You just like, okay, I've got five minutes. I've got my coffee. I've got one more minute. I can check another Instagram feed and then I have to start again. And I think that that kind of lets the valve open a little bit so you don't feel like you're missing out. Um, I know Americans get really addicted to the news cycle. (laughs) It's so bad for us. It's so depressing. It's like you can't affect any of these things. I was actually speaking of, of news. I want to cut it real quick because I was listening to the BBC because I, I try to get as much of my news from abroad as I do from locally because American wor- news is the worst. And they were talking about how bad the news is at covering trends and how child mortality. So children under five has dropped by like 40 percent over the last five years, which is huge or maybe it's the last 10 years, but it's like this massive drop of that. There are millions of children who are alive today who wouldn't have been alive in the 1990s and how those sorts of things never get reported on. Like the big trends that matter don't get covered. And instead it's like some scandal or some crazy thing that somebody said and that, and that you'll forget a week later. It's, it's crazy because when you take a break from the news and you're like, oh, I should check in. What did I miss? It's like, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss anything. And I think that this is, um, I mean, again, coming back to the, to the kids, because I hear this from a lot of people, they're like, oh, but I need to, my kids need to be able to reach me, um, you know, all the time. You know, I can't shut my door. I can't go somewhere. And I'm like, look, in 20 minutes, like you just have, you just say, look, kids, <laughs> 20 minutes, the door is shut. If you are actually dying or bleeding, then fair enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> if they're the baby, obviously you can't leave the baby. But, um, you know, a lot of people's kids are at different ages um, and they're coming home and they're doing whatever. And I, I think what the whole thing about productivity is, yes, you're living your life. You're doing your all the stuff you have to do in your life. But if you value your writing and if you value what you are producing as part of your importance of your life, then you have to make time for this. Like you have to stop saying it's always somebody else. It's always something else. You have to say, no, this is important to me. I want to achieve this goal. And to do that, uh, you know, I just need to make half an hour a day. And if I do half an hour a day and I write 500 words a day, it's going to take me something like four months, eight months to write a full length novel. And, you know, that if you do that and you do your time writing, you will achieve your goal. And I think so many people don't seem to grasp the importance of this regular small amounts of regular time writing will make a book. You don't need to leave your job and go sit in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you may find that leaving your job and sitting in a forest is just as hard to yeah, write. it doesn't work. Because <laughs> you take all of those psychological issues with you into the forest. Um, and, and I really like what you're saying about taking responsibility and not blaming others. Because when you're blaming others, you are powerless. There's nothing you can do because it's the others that are at fault. But when you take responsibility, suddenly there are things that you can do. And just being in that position of like, oh, I can affect the situation is so empowering. And it, it it's a little bit of a worldview shift, but it, it's a very empowering uh, worldview. Yeah, just, just on that, I, I want to also add, often you are going to have to say no to things you actually want to do. And this is why people say, I don't have the time. It's because they think, that they're going to find the time by giving up something they hate, but probably they've already given up something they hate. And so, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, you know, you love Netflix, but you watch three hours in the evening. Well, sorry, you can only watch Netflix for one hour and those other two hours you need to sort out your writing. Or um, maybe you volunteer at your church which everyone would say, that's great. That's your really valuable member of the church community because you volunteer. But maybe you have to say, look, um, I've been volunteering the last couple of years. I just need six months where I'm not here, but in six months I will come back and carry on again. And um, I, I know... Um, Another friend, she's a, she's got three kids and she does everything for the school all the time, but doesn't have time for her own work. And I'm like, look, can you just give up one after school activity and say that you will do it again in six months? And and this is so, and I think this is a very important mindset shift because all of those things you'll be like, oh, but I need to do that because I'm a good person. I'm a good member of my community. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. I'm a good friend. And I need to be there for all these people. But that's what you have to sacrifice if you want to finish your book. And I, th this is tough love, really. But if you <laughs> Straight, want to Real finish, talk here with Joanna Penn. <laughs> it is. It is because so often people need to give up what they really enjoy if they want to finish their book. But you don't have to give it up forever. This is the important thing. It's like this time blocking. Look, I'm just time blocking this year for this book. And then I will come back to my responsibilities or whatever. You know, th think about that. I mean, I, I know, you know, you have a lot of responsibilities. How, how do you think about that? Well, this is something I've been going through 
uh, right recently, right? So uh, Jim and I, um, as, as a time of this recording, so, you know, this is coming out much later, but we both went through a season of pruning where we cut a bunch of things, right? And that's why Jim's not doing the podcast anymore because he was looking at his day and he had more things in the day than he had time to do it. And so he had to cut something that he loved, right? He had to cut novel marketing, at least doing it every week. You know, he still comes back from time to time. And um, I had to cut my plugins, my plugin business. So that was my baby. Those were my babies, right? We were the, when we came out with my book table, it was the only bookstore plugin uh, available for WordPress. And it would, when I gave it away, it was the number one. Hopefully it still is the, in the future. The robots haven't come and taken away, but like that, that was difficult to do. Uh, but the plugins represented a psychological weight on me, right? Because you know, there's thousands of people's websites that are using our plugins and those people, you know, have questions and issues and thank God it never happened. But if there was like some major flaw in the plugin and we caused a thousands of author websites to suddenly crash and they're all reaching out to us at the same time, just the the possibility of that happening was a weight on my mind and um, that I don't have. And, and it, well, I will say it was very hard to do. In fact, the pruning was really painful because it was work to make less money because I was doing work to like wrap things up and tie up loose ends and hand it to somebody else or sell it to somebody else. And, and I did this in a lot of areas of my life and it was, it was painful. It was, it was, it, and it was saddening or I guess grieving is probably the better term. I was like grieving over the loss of these things. Um, but now having gone through at least the first wave of pruning, I have so much more creative energy. <laughs> I have so much more energy. Period. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still not energetic, and I have you know health challenges that I'm that I'm working through, but I, I have more um, mental energy to do the things that I'm that I'm trying to do. And so, while it was hard, it it is worth it. And you know, be like, well, I couldn't, couldn't take a break from church. I couldn't take a break from school. But I'm like, if you would take a six month break, you may find that when you do come back after having written that novel you come back more full, right? Like you're recharged, right? There is a season for everything and there's a season to, to sow and a season to refrain from sowing and let the land rest. And some people think that they just have to keep hitting the uh, tree with their dull ax harder and harder and that and they just got to work harder and that's the answer. Like sometimes you got to rest and sharpen the ax and that then when you, you know, go at it again the next morning, you have that rejuvenated strength. Um, I do want to go back to something that you said earlier, though, because uh, you, you said it very quickly, and I suspect some people missed it. And I think this is a really powerful principle. And you talked about having a separate place for writing your rough drafts. And I, I once lived in the opposite of that place. So there was a season of my life when I lived in an apartment that I shared with my sister, and my bedroom was also my office. It became my everything room. <laughs> everything that I did happened in this tiny, tiny bedroom. And uh, I learned, I, I did some some research, I learned how unhealthy that is, and also how unproductive that is. And that if you look at, you know, like office designers, people have researched it, they say the best office, does office designs more like a kindergarten classroom where different activities happen in different places, because it, being in a certain place can put your mind in a certain place that makes that task easier. And so for me now, when I'm creating something from scratch, right, if I'm outlining a course, um, or, or outlining a brand new speech, I do. It's the only thing I do analog in my entire life. It's the only time I'll touch a pen. <laughs> I hate pens <laughs> and I hate paper, but I'll outline it on paper and I do it on the couch, which is the only like work really that I'll do on the couch. And I have like a separate space for that. And so when I heard you talking about how you have a special coffee shop that you go for rough drafts and how you don't do your 
writing at the same desk that you do your marketing. I think that's a really powerful principle. And for people who are able to do that, right? I, I get it. Some people are in this place I was in where all you have is a tiny apartment. Well, I, again, I would say there is always another place. I mean, for example, um, you know, you could, a library is free or if you are in a run one room apartment, then if you sit at a desk to do your marketing work, sit on the floor and face the other direction, you know, j- just something to shift out of the groove that you are in at whatever place you are in. And I don't, I, what I don't want is for people to get too precious about this. Um, so, you know, so I'm like, oh, light a certain candle and have this particular <laughs> thing going on. Get to like, choir to children yeah. singing right behind <laughs> yes. you while you're riding. That's not the way it's going to go. I mean, I, the, the setup I have now is because this is where I'm living now. But before this, when I was in London, we had a one room apartment um, and I would go to a library and right there. Um, you know, when I was in Brisbane, it was something different. So I've moved a lot. And it's so it's important not to get attached to a particular thing. The point is that it is different to your other thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're doing your accounting or your tax return or something, that's not where you do your writing or maybe have a special, like you might not like stationery, but I love stationery and I have all these notebooks and pens and colored, pe- like I buy colored pens and stuff and, you know, have a different notebook and a really lovely colored pen that you enjoy and buy yourself some stickers and make it fun, you know, treat yourself like that creative child and, um, you know, spoil yourself. Like I do go to a cafe, I, th- I think it's well worthwhile spending um, some money on a black coffee, you know, <laughs> every every 45 minutes in order to um, get my writing done. Um, but yeah, I think that's super important. Yeah, I, I want to, we're almost out of time, but I want to get to a couple of like super practical things. And so almost like a lightning round. Uh, so let's, let's talk about tools. So we talked a lot about mindset, like putting yourself in the right mindset, but let's talk a little bit about tools. What are some specific tools that authors can use uh, to become more productive this week? Oh, goodness. And I, I, it's quite a long chapter, my tools chapter, because I have learned a lot of tools over the, the years. Probably, I mean, I write in Scrivener. I still write in Scrivener. I think it's brilliant. Um, but very importantly, I export out of Scrivener every day and email it to myself and save the file on Dropbox. I, I never want to hear again that people have lost their work, but I hear it all the time. <laughs> so please, um, back up your work. Probably the other thing, um, the other two things that I live with and look at all the time every day is my calendar. So I use Google Calendar and, um, you know, you book time with me using Calendly and this is free. Um, so it is brilliant for scheduling podcast interviews and anything else across different time zones. Um, and the other thing is my to-do list, which I use Things app, which is Mac only. So it doesn't matter what you use, but you need to use something. So if you think of something you have to do, put it on your list. And what I love is I move, I'm always moving things into other folders in my to-do list because I'm like, I thought that was really important at the time. And now I look at it and I go, why Why did I want to do that? And I just put it in my later list, which I never look at again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some, some people call that someday maybe, right? It's a, just because yeah, it's on your to-do list. list doesn't mean you have to do it. Some, the easiest way to exactly. get something off your to-do list is to decide it's no longer important. 
Yeah, so those are some kind of te- technological things. But what I do have right in front of me as I look at it right now, I have one post-it note and it has um, the books I'm working on. So every day I have to have uh, creative time. So, for example, um, it says uh, dictate. So I'm writing, um, uh, well, in fact, this book we're talking about because we're doing it early. I'm actually narrating the audiobook at the moment. So one of the tasks is narrate audiobook. Um, the other one is writing chapters for my new book on audio for authors. So, you know, I have these big projects. There's only a couple of them that sit on a post-it note. So instead of getting drowning in tiny little to-dos, <laughs> uh, I can always look up and I go, right, well, that's actually what my productive work is. It's working towards creating those uh, products and creating that intellectual property. Um, those are my books. Excellent. And and any final tips before we go on productivity? Uh, well, I think the other thing, if you're a little further on in your writing life, um, is outsourcing. This would be the other big thing for me, um, is once you hit a certain stage in your creative life, find paying people to do other things is really important. So for example, I, um, I used to do my podcast myself. I used to do all of the audio stuff. I used to do all the transcript. I used to do all the notes, all the images. So probably a podcast might take me eight hours in total. But then I got to a point where I was making a bit of money and I was like, do you know what? I need some of that time back. So I need to hire people to do that for me so I can have that time. And so outsourcing is really a point where you go, this is something I want to do, but how can I not do it myself? (laughs) So obviously there's some things I'll never outsource, like, you know, this interview with you, I'm not going to (laughs) outsource that because it's me and you. Um, I'm not going to outsource the writing of my books. I know some people hire ghostwriters, but that's not me because I'm a writer. Um, So yeah, I think that's important is really considering what, what is my, what is the thing that only I can do? And then what are the things that I can outsource? And once you do that, you free up so much time. So at the moment, as we talk uh, at the end of 2019, um, I have a lot, I work with about 11 different freelancers and pay lots of different people to do different things in order to free myself up for the creative work that I love doing. That's awesome. And uh, if you are curious and want to learn more, I recommend that you check out the book Productivity for Authors. Find time to write, organize your life and decide what really matters. We barely scratched the surface of this book. So if you're looking for something to help you with your New Year's resolution of doing more writing, we will have uh, hopefully a link to that book on Amazon in the show notes. As we record it, the book is not yet on Amazon, at least not that I know of. But uh, I I am speaking (laughs) into the future and I suspect that by the time this airs, uh, we'll have a link uh, to get that. If you want to give us uh, affiliate credit uh, for going and buying that book, we would be very appreciative of the of the pennies that Amazon sends us. <laughs> um, jo- Joanna, uh, where can people find out more about you? Sure. But uh, if you want uh, the podcast, come on over to The Creative Pen Podcast, which is all about writing and publishing and book marketing and making a living with your writing. Of course, all my books are available everywhere. And yes, if you like uh, audiobooks, I have narrated Productivity for Authors (laughs) in the future. (laughs) It will be available. (laughs) And um, yes, so that's available in all the the usual places. And uh, of course, if anyone has any questions, you can always tweet me at The Creative Pen Podcast pen with a double N. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Novel Marketing Podcast. 
Thanks for having me, Thomas. This is the time of year when a lot of authors decide they're going to make a difference in their writing. They're going to take it to the next level. They're either going to get published if they've never been published before, or they're going to take their sales to numbers they've never seen before. And there's a difference between knowing how to do that and actually doing it. Knowledge is useless without action. And that is why I've created the Novel Marketing Mastermind Groups. There's two of them, one for published authors and one for unpublished authors. And there's a few spots left in each of them. If you want help, if you want personalized help where we get to know you, hold you accountable, give you encouragement, and help you know how to overcome the very next challenge, I do encourage you to check out the mastermind groups at authormedia.com. We run our mastermind groups through the patronage level. So if you're a patron, maybe all you have to do is upgrade to uh, your patronage level. You don't even have to sign up for anything new. Speaking of patrons, our featured patron today is Cheryl Elton, author of Pathway of Peace, Living in a Growing Relationship with Christ. This book will help you calm the noises in your mind and experience more of God's peace. And thank you, Cheryl, for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast. If you're curious on how to become a patron yourself and maybe have your book featured in a future episode, you can find out more at authormedia.com. Uh, and if you have a question that you would like us to answer on a future show, you can leave a question at authormedia.com or call our listener helpline. It's a voicemail line that you can reach on your phone at 512-827-8377. You've been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. and Joanna Penn on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.